Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick coming at you this morning from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. 1450, the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and the surrounding area. This morning we got plenty to talk about. We got our all-star lineup of myself. We got Ashley Miller who will be in here shortly. We got Mike Gandolfo who will be in for the second hour. But this morning, we've got plenty to talk about. We've got fans from every walk of life who will have a reason to chime in this morning. We've got a couple domestic uh, assault cases, whether it be Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice case to discuss, all sorts of feedback on that. Everybody's got an opinion on both cases. It's football season. We've got college football. We've got NFL in the college football realm across the Not only the local stories, first I'm going to touch on the top 25 action across the country. We have none other than Carolina Steve's East Carolina Pirates, who defeated another team that that, uh, I know Carolina is a fan of, and in Beamer's Virginia Tech. So the East Carolina Pirates, huge win, 28-21. Virginia Tech is number 17 in the, in the country. Well, they were before the East Carolina Pirates make a huge statement and defeat the ACC Virginia Tech uh, Beamer-led team. So, huge game there. We've got other storylines. Charlie Strong's Texas Longhorns moved to 1-2. and two. It looked at certain points like they were going to upset or defeat the, the UCLA Bruins. And possibly right the ship. At one point last night, it looked to me like the ground was being laid out for Kentucky to beat Florida and for Muschamp to be fired and for Charlie Strong to make a smooth transition, whether it be at the end of the season or whenever it is, from being the Texas head coach to something he's much more familiar with at Florida. But Florida, as we all know, ended up coming back and, and, and winning. In triple overtime, I think it was the first triple overtime game in the history of the Florida football program, but Kentucky was so close to winning and they ended up losing. We have in the top 25, so we have Texas lost 17-20 to to UCLA. UCLA's 3-0 and despite looking shaky at times, still looking good and undefeated in the hunt at the 12th overall spot. Notre Dame, my man Mike's Notre Dame Fighting Irish defeated Purdue 30-14. to We've got USC uh, amidst all sorts of troubles they have right now. USC lost to the Fighting Doug Fluties at Boston College, 37-31. to So big loss for the Trojans. And also a, a top... 25 upset was Steve Spurrier's South Carolina Gamecocks defeated Georgia. Despite the fact that Georgia has what many are saying is the next great NFL running back, maybe the next Adrian Peterson, Gurley is the, is the running back. Um, the Gamecocks won 38-35 and upset the number 6 Georgia Bulldogs. Alabama cruised to a win over Southern Miss. BYU held on and beat Houston. We've got a full day of action ahead of us in the NFL. 
my Bengals will be playing against the Falcons and looking to move to to two and zero. We've all got fantasy football lineup questions and and decisions to make this morning. Many involving quarterback play, as always. Do you want to start calling Kaepernick, or do you want to start? I was talking to my buddy last night. He's making the decision of Matt Ryan or calling Kaepernick. Those decisions are tough, man. When you're investing so much time and effort into a fantasy football team, you got to decide who you're going with the quarterback sometimes. And I don't care where you drafted your quarterbacks. When it comes crunch time and you got to make a decision, if you're playing against a defense like the Cincinnati Bengals, despite the fact that Matt Ryan's doing good, it looks like he's poised for a big season. Do you want to go with the guy who's traditionally the better passer, or do you want to go with Colin Kaepernick against the Bears defense? Many decisions for fantasy football owners this morning. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. I'm looking to hear from Carolina Steve this morning as his East Carolina Pirates really upset the world and, and had a huge victory. It has to be, I'll hold my breath on that, but I'm going to say it's the biggest victory maybe in the history of the program. Um... Also, South Carolina with the big victory, so Carolina will be happy about that. Right in the ship, Steve Spurrier, maybe he's not done. Maybe we wrote him off too soon after uh, his disappointing first first week loss. Across the NFL today, we've got at 1 o'clock, we've got the Dolphins and Bills, both at 1-0. Who would have thought the Dolphins having beat the Patriots last week? Dolphins at Bills, 1 o'clock. we got the Jaguars at Redskins, 1 o'clock. Uh, other 1 o'clock games we got is the Cowboys, 0-1 against the Titans. It's Tony Romo and the, the offense of the Cowboys going to right the ship and, and move to 500 today against the, the Titans, who didn't have very big expectations headed in the season, but are sitting at 1-0. and We've got the Giants at 0-1 playing against the Cardinals at 1-0 and at 1 o'clock. Another game is the, who would have thought, the 0-1 Patriots against the Vikings at 1-0 today at 1 o'clock. The Vikings, who will be without Adrian Peterson, keep in mind, due to his domestic or his, whatever the charges are called, is it child abuse charges? That'll be something we'll certainly talk about this morning. As, as I was talking to Ashley during the week, we, know, we plan for our shows. We do at least a little bit of preparation. And she said, is this week just the entire two hours going to be devoted to Ashley's Loco Cinco, because there's so many crazy stories across the world of sports, whether it be the Ray Rice fiasco and the handling by Commissioner Roger Goodell, or the Adrian Peterson issue, uh, which he's, I think he's in jail right now, being arrested for pictures that were released of him uh, disciplining his four-year-old son. Another NFL game at 1 o'clock is the Saints, who are 0-1, playing against the Browns at 0-1. Then we got my Bengals. Against the Falcons at 1 o'clock. i, I got to say, I feel good about this one. I, I, I feel good that my Bengals will be able to pull it out. We'll get into that more. We, we've got the Lions 1-0, 1 o'clock. Against the, the Panthers, also at 1-0. Got the Rams at the Buccaneers at 4.05. The Seahawks at Chargers at 4.05. 4.25 p.m., we got the Texans and Raiders. 425 game, also the Jets and Packers. 425, we got the Chiefs at Broncos. And at 830 tonight, we got the Bears at 49ers. Monday night game, 
is the Eagles at the Colts. So it should be an exciting game in Indianapolis as Nick Foles and Chip Kelly and that exciting offense are pitted against the, the Indianapolis Colts, who, who looked disappointing early last week, but ended up making at least a, a competitive game of it against the Broncos. The one story I haven't talked about thus far is the one that I don't want to talk about. Give me a call, 502-384-1450. It's the horribly disappointing loss to the Virginia Cavaliers yesterday for my Louisville Cardinals. What was the reason for the loss? It looked like the defense played well, showed up at times, certainly yesterday for the the Cards. Struggled on special teams, made horrible mistakes on special teams. But in a Bobby Petrino-led team, you need good quarterback play, and that's what Bobby's known for. When I look across the stat sheet this morning, what I see is that Will Gardner went 14 of 34 passing the ball yesterday. That's unacceptable. 14 of 34. We had Reggie Bonifant came in, 6 of 9. I thought he looked better. He didn't, he didn't light the world on fire, but I was watching the game with my father, and he was calling for it early because Gardner couldn't complete a damn pass. And, and he said, Bonifant will be in this next, this next uh, possession for the cards. And he wasn't. And I kept saying, Dad, I don't, I don't know. That's such a big statement. That's going to shoot Will Gardner's confidence. But he was right. Bonifant ended up coming in, at least for a, a little bit of time, 6 of 9, 39 yards, and... He led the offense. He, he's, he's able to scramble in the pocket a lot better than Will Gardner is. He wasn't the solution yesterday, though. Will Gardner, 14-34, to 34, 164 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He did not lead the team the way that you would expect him to. Dominique Brown read the, ran the ball 20 times for 74 yards. Uh, a touchdown. So Dominique Brown had a good game, averaged 3.7 yards a carry. L.J. Scott had a couple a couple runs for 15 yards total. But overall, the offense for Louisville was held in check by a what is considered to be a very stout Virginia defense. What's the problem with this team? Do we have a quarterback controversy moving forward? Who gets to start next game? Is it Will Gardner? Heck no, Ashley yells. Ashley, good morning, Ashley. Heck no. It, does Will Gardner deserve to be the starting quarterback going forward? Right. Are you there, Ashley? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, for, Will for, Gardner totally pushed me off the train. Off the, off the, get off the train is I've what they're saying. I've never in my life seen someone so inconsistent. How, was, do you, how do you start the game five for five? Marching down the field for a touchdown like that and then go one for 12. He had a horrible game yesterday. He did, did you see the um, their, the Virginia defense like swirling their hands around their head like they knew they got in his head? So that's going to be his M.O. going forward down the rest of the season. And all of the defenses are going to attack him, try to blitz and get him uncomfortable thinking. Not a good thing for a quarterback at all. to be known as you send him into a hostile environment. And he loses it mentally. Completely. I, I remember seeing at one point um, Petrino, when he came off the field, said, you've got to run the show out there. 
And that's true. And unfortunately, I do think that um, Reggie, how do you say his last name? Bonifon. Yeah. yeah. I think that he handled it a lot better, especially considering his age. And I mean, if I'm Petrino, I've got to get that guy developed and get him some reps because I'm just not convinced that Will Gardner can play in a big game. Like, he did okay in Cardinal Stadium, but against who? You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Murray State. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. He did at home. Keep in mind, Bobby Petrino is... Thank you very much, Ashley. Got my coffee there. I'm the, I'm the um, coffee sports queen. buzz barista. Barista. I love it. Thank you very much. But very unsettling. Louisville fans had almost looked past this game, I'd say. I'm guilty of it also. People would I'm... say Vegas said it was going to be a close game. I was saying to everybody who would listen, no, I, the more I think about it, guys... The cards are going to blow them out. And I was dead wrong. That was the worst team in the ACC last year. That was the worst said, damn team in oh the ACC God. last year. They actually. have not won a conference game in I don't know how long, but, geez, that was bad. That was bad. Where, where does the rest of the, the season go? What do you do? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know now. Not- <laughs> I had such confidence in uh, Will Gardner, the strength of his arm. He seemed to be okay. Like, but, I mean, I will say that once we got to see Reggie, um, the freshman quarterback, play last game, I he said, this kid has a lot of those intangible things that you can't teach. And um, it made me wonder if Will Gardner make it all week, you know, make it all season being the starting quarterback. So, I... <laughs> I don't know, but I almost kind of feel like you have to give the freshman the nod because he has more of an upside, and maybe Will Gardner is going to be a Northern or Murray State transfer. (laughs) Well, I mean, it it doesn't look good for Will Gardner this morning, here Sunday, what is it, September 14th, 2014. It is not Will Gardner Day. This is, I hate to say it, today is a day where we're all waking up and realizing, although... Our Bobby Petrino quarterback is six foot five and seemed like when he has all the time in the world he's got the arm to make all the throws. That I think that right there, what you just said, Kelly, is what blew my mind. It would be different if he was under pressure for every throw and he was having to make rush decisions that could potentially lead to bad throws. But he had protection. Like he was with the exception of the first the time he got sacked in the first quarter. Um he was standing in the pocket for seconds on seconds on seconds and then throwing the ball away or getting it batted down. How are you a six five quarterback throwing the ball so low that it gets batted down five or six times in one game? Like, that's ridiculous. There was a couple times where he threw the ball to Eli Rogers, and Eli Rogers is Mr. Consistency. He is, if he's not an NFL wide receiver, at least making a roster because of the way that he's fast and athletic and can run routes, and I don't know who is. Uh. But but Will Gardner would throw it to him, and it would, you know, Rodgers would maybe get to where he could tip it with his finger, yeah. and you would see Rodgers just looking at him like, man, like, what, what the, are you doing? What the hell was that? Yeah, because he's throwing behind, like, all like they're being forced to make all these adjustments, like, on the full-speed run. Like, I mean, come on. If you throw those guys, like, you throw them the ball in rhythm where they can catch the ball in stride. I mean, there's no reason why we didn't have 21 to 28 points on the board. Our defense, which is a shocker for every like Louisville fan, I think. Like, no, we all expect like 
with Bobby Petrino back, our offense is going to be phenomenal. Defense is potentially suspect, but our defense is the reason we even the game was even so close because they gave us chance after chance after chance and the interceptions. And their, their quarterback was helping us at points in our both defense. Of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if I'm if I'm Lorenzo Malden, I beat the crap out of Will Garden in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. Focused on Kendrick Haskins, did it special with Dominique Brown and Will Gardner this past week. They're roommates. Mm-hmm. Haskins was saying they're both just great kids, and I believe it. Very nice, have a great sense of humor. I'd like to know now what the tone is. Does Dominique t- Brown say, man, you're just not... Not very good. We'd be better off... I hate to just get on the anti-Will Gardner bandwagon, but um, we'd I'm be better arguing. off starting Dominique Brown at quarterback almost and just having him run the ball every time. See what happens. Um, well, on the front of a sports page this morning, um, there's a, a column talking about two QBs or not two Q, or not two QBs. That's the question. And a little bit down in the article, he says, one question reverberated across the social media ether. Isn't it time for Reggie Bonifant to get his chance? Is I it mean, true for, if he can do what we saw him do yesterday and last week against Murray State, if, if Reggie Bonifant can do what he can do within the collapsing pocket and, and having the arm to make the throws, and he's 6'3 or 6'4, he's a big guy. If he can do that as a true freshman, he's, I don't he's see any reason it. why we don't, we don't bank the rest of our future around him. Around him. You've got to go like on the biggest point, upside. Obviously, we're not going to win the national championship now. Clearly, not even a chance. <laughs> not even in a conversation. We probably should drop to, like, number 50 after that game. It's yeah, the- I mean, there's no there's no way. Well, first of all, I, I think I'm thinking, like, if I'm Bobby Petrino in that game, I said, did he, and I said this during the game, did he let Will Gardner go series too long maybe because in his mind he's probably rationalizing this can't be the same guy who just marched down the field five for five and and he had a flash late in the game where he he, he put it together and then when it mattered yeah same same guy showed up we also were we were also plagued by sloppy special teams play how many penalties did we have yesterday that's the one I wanted to know. How many yards of penalties we had? Because there were a lot. I can probably bring that up here. Which is I don't have it in front of me. Characteristic of Bobby's teams. We had seven penalties for 50 yards. Uh, Virginia had seven for 46, so it was almost a wash. But you're right. What about James Quick pulling down those receivers at the end of the first half? That was so stupid. That, that seemed pretty bad. That didn't seem like a good decision. We saw last week, was it Kai De La Cruz, who pretty much punched the the defensive back in the middle of a play, and we saw, or that was two weeks ago in, against Miami, and Bobby Petrino got really mad at him. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just that we need a little bit of time under this, this Bobby Petrino system, and we need these players to really feel the wrath. I do not envy these guys right oh, no. now. No. Oh, Bobby no. is thinking in his head, he's thinking, I've been too soft on them. I've let the media go to my head. I'm, I'm becoming soft. I said, I hate to be those guys from now until Friday. Hate it. Hate it. Can't be a good thing. No. And Will Garner, I hate to be him in the film room today. 
because he's going to get his butt kicked in there. No question about it. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville or go to lawyerforthecity.com. Ashley and I are going to head to a break, and we will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Yeah, I'm the only one to get the job done. I don't know a no one that could cover for me. Yeah, got some game from my day, so she might say she loves me. Now, when the sun come up, I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Brush my teeth. Find that clip I've been looking for since last night I feel so caught up I float some out in my bedroom Turn around, see myself in the mirror I guess I'm cool With no happy thoughts in my head I'm feeling like I'm Peter Pan Flying to the tights and the birds Happy to see how far I've come To the same place Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz Coming at you as we do every Sunday From 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. Ashley, we ended the, the opening segment. I hate to do it. I hate to be the, the fan that does it, but we, we were. Will Gardner does not seem to be the option. It, we, we have a clear, in my eyes, and it sounds like in your eyes also, a clear quarterback controversy on our hands. Yeah, um, and honestly, I don't. I think that it, I mean, if Bobby really wanted to phrase it in such a way, it could be less of a controversy because, truth be known, he didn't recruit. Well, actually, I guess he didn't recruit either one of them. He didn't recruit either one of them. But um, he could definitely say, you know, we rocked with with um, Will because that was the next choice of the program. I think he has a, a definite connection, much more so to Reggie Bonifant. Right. Uh, Bobby's son played at Trinity, was a quarterback. Sure. And I don't know, but I, I'm guessing they, they've known each other for years. Yeah, probably. That's my guess. But he's the local kid. And uh, let's put all that aside. Will Gardner isn't very good. Yeah, He did go into a hostile environment yesterday. Virginia has, on paper, a very good rush defense, and they were shutting down our run game pretty well. So, Will Gardner was in a hostile environment on the road. That was his first true road test. And he failed. Miserably. Now, could he recover? Will Bobby stick with him realistically? Do I think that he's going to go Reggie Bonifant all day from this point forward? I don't think he will. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like he should. Yes. I think he very much should. I think the fans are going to be very uneasy um, seeing Will Gardner um, suit up and start as quarterback. The fans are going to be very, very uneasy seeing him seeing him out there leading the team. The fans will not be comfortable with it. And I think um, it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time till we, we, we see who's going to take the reins of this team going forward. Across the world of college football, there's plenty of upsets Yesterday, none of them bigger, really, than East Carolina knocking off Virginia Tech. We have on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, which is once again 502-384-1450. 
We have on the buzz line with us now, none other than Mr. East Carolina Pirate himself, Carolina Steve. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Oh, that was a great, great win for us yesterday. People up here may not realize it, but East Carolina and Virginia Tech have a big rivalry. It goes back many, many years. Uh, probably the game I remember more than this one is the one in Charlotte when Skip was coaching at uh, East Carolina where we actually beat, beat uh, Frank Beamer by playing Beamer balls and blocking the kick to beat him uh, up there. Uh, Shane Carden threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. and uh, So I just think that uh, we're going to be good uh, for the rest of the year. Next week, we got our big rivalry. We got the Blue Billy Goats from Chapel Hill coming in. So it ought to be good when uh, East Carolina and uh, the Tar Heels get together and uh, – but we play them at our place, and I'm just hoping we could, we don't have a letdown like uh, Virginia Tech had against us. And uh, the interesting thing is, Louisville gets all these four and five star receivers and ball players and everything. Most of these Carolinas receivers are walk offs Wow. So, what do you think? How does that? Um, how does this win set up East Carolina's, like, their fans and, you know, the, the vibe around their football program for the rest of the season? Well, I feel that uh, if we if we can beat them and go into the conference, the team that I worry about is just up the road from here in Cincinnati. And I wasn't going to go, but, but I may end up going just so Thursday night and seeing East Carolina and Cincinnati play up there, uh, that ought to be good. I watched uh, them, and the quarterback from uh, Cincinnati is from Columbus East, Gunner Keel. So it ought to be a pretty good little football game. But there, that could decide whether or not that uh, we win the conference. And if we could win out, we could actually be the, uh, other than the big five conferences, we could win that uh, bowl, uh, a trip to that bowl game with the best team among the other conferences. Yeah, no question about it, Carolina. Things certainly look bright for your East Carolina Pirates. Thank you very much for calling in. We look forward to hearing from you soon, Carolina, probably next week. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'll be letting you know with everything. And uh, I, I like y'all's analysis of the uh, Louisville game. Uh, I told people before this thing started, I said, you don't want to go up to Virginia. Because I remember, I remember how much trouble they give State and Carolina, and they've always been tough at home. Y'all have a good day. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Carolina. Carolina. Once again, we want to encourage our Hello? listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now where we have our man Frank on the line with us. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, I just want to say, I've been hearing Carolina call radio shows for six years. He's never picked Louisville to win. Never. It could be Louisville against uh, Sanex High School. So that's nothing new with uh, with Carolina. Um, <laughs> I'm the person that called last week. And that, um, the, your number one quarterback is not the throw touch. Cut the hand off. 
They're number one. Turn over the ball. Here, wait a second, Frank. Frank, sorry to interrupt you. We're having a little bit of connection issues with you. Ashley, are you able to hear him? No, it's okay. Frank, are you there? I'll call right back. Call right Uh, back. Yes, I'll call right back. Please do. We'll get you on. Good stuff there. No, so I think what Frank, and we'll get him right back on the line, Ashley. (laughs) What he's saying is, is, and I'm paraphrasing and, and predicting what I think Frank's statement is, is your number one job is to lead the team and to win some damn games. And Will Gardner showed against Miami, he fumbles the ball. He showed yesterday that he, he throws interceptions. Yep. And that's not what you want out of your quarterback. That's not what a Bobby Petrino-led offense, which is built on efficiency and, and uh, productivity. Uh, that's fumble, not what it is. Um, passing the hand of the ball off. There was one where he dropped the ball, too. So, yeah, that's definitely not that's not comforting. And, you, you know, um, I think it's really important for – not only us, but more importantly for the the team to uh, trust their teammate or their quarterback. It's really important for the team to trust the quarterback to lead them. And the the more that Will performs this way, the less likely they are to really trust him and play hard for him. No, if you're looking at it, especially a Bobby Petrino-led team, right? Yeah. You need, what do you need? A great relationship with, whether it's Ryan Mallett or it's Tyler Wilson or it's Brian Brom. What you need out of a Bobby Petrino-led team is a almost Sean Payton, Drew Brees type relationship between the head coach, Petrino, and the quarterback. And... I know it's early. This is very early, and keep in mind, Bobby came in not that long ago and took over the team that Charlie had left. And I'm not suggesting Charlie left us within, without any talent because it certainly got plenty of talent, as we saw yesterday, especially on the defensive side. But this, at this point in Bobby's second tenure with or third tenure with the Louisville Cardinals, the second as the head coach. Whew, Disappointing loss there. Very disappointing. Because it's not like they beat us. We handed them a game series after series after series. Whether it be throwing interceptions or whether it be fumbling punts. I mean, just just shooting ourselves in the foot over and over again. Left and right, yeah. I mean, that's what makes it so hard to watch is not that that we lost a game. It's how we lost that game because it was totally ridiculous, totally unnecessary. It was that's horrible. So I don't know. It's 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 disheartening because I feel like we were kind of on a a football high, and we were like, yeah, things are looking good. The team's going to be pretty strong. Oh, we, we were very high. Cards fans were very high. We're going to head back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. I believe we got our man Frank on the line with us. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, can you hear me now? You sound crystal clear, Frank. Okay, hold on one second. Let me just turn off this headset. Um, better? Yeah, yes. you, you sound great. Um, I just want to say this, and I, I hopefully it takes you last time, but the most important thing a quarterback does is not turn it over. Will has failed at that miserable. Um, I keep hearing how, oh, he hasn't had a hit for years. You know, the only person that never worries about a hit for years, someone who has confidence, 
someone who has, I mean, Muhammad Ali didn't get out of the prison. It wasn't, oh, he's afraid to get hit. No, I mean, you're, you're afraid to get hit. You're the kind of person who's afraid to get hit. You're always going to be that person. And this guy just keeps turning over. He scored 10 points off of his turnovers yesterday. So I can't see how he's going to have this guy as a quarterback. Not that good. He's horrible. Frank, Frank, do you think they should go with the true freshman from this point forward in the season? Well, I tell you, Urban Meyer's doing the same thing. He's taking his lumps right now with a true freshman, and as you saw mm. last week, those those against weaker competition, that true freshman starts throwing starts. He got beat up from Virginia Tech, but his next day he did better. I think it should go with the true freshman. Tony does not turn over the ball. I agree Will Will passing was 38%. 38%. Five times people get on the ball, he didn't move the ball. He was six for eight. I mean, that's 67%. Yeah. So I still don't understand why Petrino took him out. Yeah, and you th- you say you that thirty eight percent, and I think what makes that more striking and makes the sting hurt a little more is that those were not all contested passes. He was in the pocket alone for so long. The line was doing such a good job protecting him. So that's what makes it even worse. Is you're not even throwing thirty eight percent while you're being rushed every play. You're standing back there relaxed, getting to look down your progression charts. By yourself, throwing the ball away. Frank, let me ask you, when, when we rehired Bobby, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy were you with the hire? Oh, I'm extremely happy. I'm glad we got rid of that uh, strong, strong but I don't think Charlie Strong would probably have won the, the Miami game. Uh, Teddy covered a lot of those more, uh that Charlie Strong had on offense. Um, I'm happy with Bobby. Now, once again, Bobby can't make me a 100-yard receiver. People got people... People keep don't understand. It's not necessarily X's and O's. It's Jim and Joe. He can't make I, I, you can't make a turnover machine a non-turnover machine. Um, one thing that uh, Mike Golick said: his son plays college ball, and he, of course, as you know, was an all-pro uh, professional. He said, "Son, let me explain to you. Every time you do this, you lean to the left. You're always going to do that because that's what you are, and that's what you are. You're always going to lean to the left." And when you get scared, you're always going to do what, you, what your nature is. Will's not going to recover from that. I mean, you just cannot not be in a turnover machine. And you notice most of the turnovers came when you looked like you were scared. And you, you can't just build courage in a, in a quarterback. One thing that Reggie Cutter-Bosman has is he has the Russ Smith mentality of a shooter. Yeah, I missed that pass, but guess what? Someone makes the next one. Yeah, I missed that shot, someone makes the next one. He's like, he's not a boisterous. Russ Smith, but he's got the shooter mentality that he's going to keep shooting until he makes it. He has that confidence in his quarterback. And, and Will, Will Gardner does not have that. What is What I was going to say is what it's looking more and more like, Frank, is Bobby is known for quite some time that he had a quarterback problem on his hands. He's been stockpiling quarterbacks. As frequently as he can. He's been getting transfers. He's been signing quarterbacks. I think we got nine, I may be exaggerating, but nine quarterbacks on the roster in one capacity or another. So he's known ever since he came in town, damn man, I don't really have the quarterback I need. It's just that the, the cards, fa- he wasn't going to come out and say that. It's just the cards fans are just finally realizing that quarterback, which is so important in a Bobby offense and a Bobby team, just happens to be a weak point for this team. And that 
is a big weak point. Well, it's like my daddy always said. If your wife agrees, if your fiance agrees to being dates you, but she's still dating, most likely you're not the one. And I've been saying that to people on the next board. They're like, well, great, you do 500. I'm like, well, that is not quarterback. I've been saying that for a while. Um, but, well, like you just said, if Bobby Petrino can't make somebody other than what they are, you can't teach a five foot five guy how to dunk. And, you, you, I mean, every quarterback you have with someone who has some type of um, deal or, or, or something to ask me for it. And um, I'll just say this. When people say, well, Alabama, you know, recruited them, I said, and I said it's about the time. Alabama recruits game managers. Game managers do not operate in a playmaker system like Bobby. You need more than the game managers. And even if you were a game manager, number one rule of all game managers is never turn the ball over. Who's failing as a game manager? I just I never understood how people couldn't see that. How important is the struggles the Cards have had on special teams, Frank? Um, I mean special teams. Um, I don't. This, this is a year. I'll put before eighty percent of all practices, offense and defense. I think it's going to be probably another year before we shake off the bad special teams um, environment that Charlie Strong built last year. Uh, I really do. I mean, Bobby Petrino has always been known for special teams. Um, so I'm just, I, I just think it's going to be a little while before we we, um, we get out of that, if you know what I mean. I mean, bad, um, but bad habits are kind of hard to break. And I think it's going to be another year. I think he's doing the right thing because people say he spent a lot more time with special teams. We even have a special teams coach. He does it part time, but he's got a lot of experience in it. So, Special teams aren't very good, but I think they will improve. And I've been pretty happy with my checkoffs, and not to return to the actual checkoff. Yeah. So, Frank, what would be your, just to kind of switch gears a little bit, um, your assessment of the defense? Because I think when we t- all talked about, as Bobby Petrino coming in, we always think about the offense and putting up points. But the defense, I thought, um, in the last few games have kind of showed their butts. Like, hey, guys, we're here and we're pretty good. What do you think about how they've been playing under um, the leadership of Lorenzo Malden? Well, I was never worried about the defense because I'm not sure if you guys remember when Bobby Petrino used to be here. Um, his defensive guy, his first half was uh, Gil Hammer, I don't remember how it was name. He was a kind of a wishy-washy guy, and he had replaced our defense was horrible. Um, then he had Wolfhausen, a person that he elevated up to D.C., and then he brought Cassidy in. Um, Bobby Petrino used to take some of the best players off the defense to make them offensive players. Um, I always thought that Grantham, you know, being a person with uh, – a strong person. I mean, when people say that he argues with Bobby Petrino, I, I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Because he's probably going And one issue that people have always told me, the insiders with the practice, that used to be in the Bobby Petrino practice, if the defense did better than the offense, Bobby Petrino took and made him do it all over again. Evidently, Bobby Petrino changed to the point where after he gets beat up, you know, by Alabama LSU, he realizes, hey, i got to win three phases in the game. I just can't be offense. I can't outscore an Alabama defense. You know, you have to have it on both sides. So I'm pretty impressed with our defense based on the fact that Bobby's allowing the defense to play 
And Glanton is the kind of guy who's going to pick up the body and say, uh-uh, that's not good for the defense. We need that. We need that type of attitude. I was never worried about the defense. Not at all. No, I'm right there with you, Frank. I, I spoke with Alex Dono, a sports radio host in Miami, and one of the first, and it was before the Miami game. One of the first things he asked me was, "What about these reports from Sports Illustrated that Bobby Petrino and Todd Grantham aren't getting along?" And I almost laughed to myself. I said, "Yeah, yeah, they're not getting along. That's great. If Bobby Petrino cussed him and Grantham cussed him back, and then they went their separate ways and..." And it was a horrible scene. I'm fine with that. That's football. This is a, a man's game, and, and very aggressive type A personalities are, are the type guys who make good football coaches. You don't want a Cragthorpe or a nice guy in there doing everything. That's not what you need when it comes to football. You need someone like Todd Grantham and his brother, who are just historically known for being extremely competitive, very rough around the edges, but guys who know what they're doing. And that's what we have with Grantham. So Charlie didn't leave the cupboard bare when it comes to defensive talent. This defensive team, uh, this unit, uh, this other than Andrew Johnson being used by the bigger receiver yesterday, I was pretty happy with the defensive effort put forth by the Cards yesterday. Oh, me too. And I'm just going to say this: a lot of people give a lot of people give our offensive line uh, some I think they're doing a lot. They're, they're, they're changed totally from what Morberly had been doing last year, and I think that they're improving. I think it's going to be another year with this new type of not blocking with your hands, using your flipper type of stuff that's going to take a little time for them to pick up. But I think it's better in the long run because you are stronger at your elbow than you are at your hand. So, you know, I, you know I'm, 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 I'm happy Bobby here. I'm not panicked. If we lose three games, even though I said 15-0 like an idiot fan, I'm so happy because I know that Bobby Petrino, unlike the fans, sees the issues and knows what needs to be fixed. We have the highest ranked um, recruiting class he's ever had, even under Bobby, even under uh, uh, under Strong. And if you add in the transfers, we'd probably be top ten. So, and we just passed UK in uh, recruiting as well. If uh, Mike is there, whatever his name is, sorry, I, I forgot his name. But, <laughs> He'll be here Bobby, later. We'll let him know. Bobby. Well, Bobby Petrino's doing things he's never done before. He's recruiting like crazy. He's giving players like he wouldn't have gotten, and. Um, he respects defense, and he's trying on on um, trying to work harder on uh, special teams. So I'm pretty happy, guys. I just wish that he he would have switched to Bonifin a little earlier, like Urban Meyer did, so that Bonifin would have a easier game under himself. So when he does, we get to the media conference. He has his confidence. He has timing, and he has more respect for the players. And, and that's pretty much it. Frank, thank you very much for the call. We appreciate you calling in two weeks in a row now, Frank. So thank you. Have a great rest of your weekend, and go Cards. You too. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Good stuff there from our man Frank. You got uh, I agree with him on pretty much all counts. He hit, it, hit the nail on the head. He, he hasn't given up. By, hasn't given up on Bobby Petrino by a long shot. He still believes in him. He said, what was the saying that he said, Ashley? He said, it's not the X's and the O's, it's the just. The Joe, the Franks and the Joes, or something yeah. like that. It's the, it's not who you got, or it's not, it's not the, the, the approach that you use. It's the talent you got on the field. Yeah, that I mean, that, that's very clear. Yeah, you can win by gimmicky approaches like Rich Rodriguez here and there. You can do the spread offense, but the, especially in a way that Bobby Petrino does it, where he, he's not married to any specific offensive set 
or or defensive set. I mean, he'll be four three three four if it's necessary. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's really the guys that he's got out there. Sure, he coaches them up, but you got to have the talent on the field to to win games. And unfortunately, we don't have a quarterback for this system yet. So it's not going to be the season that many Cards fans were hoping for. We're going to head to a break. Ashley and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought in by a different version of CeeLo and Crazy. That sounds like the live version. We upgraded. We upgraded. We're ready for the, the next the next level of Ashley's Loco Cinco, which I'd say this week is a good week to bring that in, being that we have so many wild stories across the world of sports. So and it's Miss America Week. Is it Miss America Week? Yes, Miss America comes on tonight. Tonight, uh, I think 8 p.m., um, which that's bad. I should know that. But our girl, Miss Kentucky, was listed by Good Morning America as one of the contestants to watch after she um, won her preliminary talent competition playing the fiddle. She's Playing the fiddle? Yeah, she plays the fiddle. She's the only fiddlist. What's her name? Her name is Ramsey Carpenter. She has an amazing story. Um, she... Battles um, battling multiple sclerosis, which is her platform, um, had got to a point where she was basically told she'd never play the fiddle again because she had lost feeling in her fingers and all types of stuff like that. So she has a fantastic story, um, which typically helps girls in interviews. So um, really, really eager to root her on tonight. Wish I could actually be in Atlantic City, but you know, campaign duties call. But yes, apparently people think she's got a good shot. So it says here that she's a UK graduate, yeah. Ramsey Carpenter. She actually played uh, the fiddle, the Star Spangled Banner on the fiddle at UK opening game, football game. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. It is cool, but you know, it was UK. That's all right. We'll, so, st- we'll still cheer for her. We'll cheer for her anyway. We'll still cheer for her. So we, we've got Ashley's Loco Cinco at the eleven o'clock hour. Um, we've got a, a full s- second hour ahead of us. But with no further ado, Ashley's Loco Cinco, or some call it Ashley's Crazy. (laughs) Well, uh, this week I'm able to say that we've got some guys that are a little bit crazier than me. So we're going to ease into it a little bit. Um, The first story, UFC superstar Nick Diaz was arrested 
uh, for a DUI in California last week. Uh, and cops say to make matters worse, he attempted to destroy evidence by, guess what, Kelly? Eating his marijuana. No, he tried to make himself throw up. <laughs> Try, whoa, whoa, whoa. So he tried to make his himself throw up so that he would... Not be drunk anymore? Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but apparently it was drunk thinking. <laughs> so, wow. Um, apparently Diaz was pulled over around 2 a.m. on September 6th in Lottie, California for a routine traffic violation. And during the stop, cops say that they noticed Diaz was wasted. So um, Diaz was taken to a nearby jail where cops say that he went to the bathroom and attempted to make himself vomit. Uh, in an effort oh, okay. to get the booze out of his system, I guess, before they did the breathalyzer and all those sorts of things. Um, but for the record, uh, they say that he was actually unable to pull his own trigger. But um, he was eventually hit with four charges, a misdemeanor DUI, driving on a suspended license, obstructing a police investigation, and destroying evidence. You know what's crazy is that's actually his second DUI within the past year. Yeah, and he he hadn't even went to court. He had been missing court dates for the first one, and he set up to fight Anderson Silva. Anderson in Silva. Yeah, so in I mean, he, he may be screwing that up. I was telling my man Gary Thomas this morning on the Knockout Hour, shameless plug there, nine till ten every Sunday. <laughs> we talk about all things in the world of the fight game. I was telling Gary, I know guys who you go to, you get a DUI, and you don't go to court. They put a warrant out for your arrest. If you get another DUI before you've handled that first one, you go to jail for like thirty days. Yeah. So maybe Diaz has some great attorneys and he'll get out of it, but he's really probably putting a a big payday at risk with this. Yeah, and so he was released later, and yeah, it's it's to be determined. The UFC said that they are aware of the situation and are gathering facts. I'm not sure what more facts they need, but they are gathering facts. So Maybe maybe he was innocent. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a good week for Devin Ebanks. Um, I don't know. We talked about maybe it's maybe last year, maybe I don't know about. Um, he was actually being sued, um, for sexual assault from a young woman, and you know, maybe people remember Devin Ebanks. He was a second round pick in 2010, uh, but he was sued by a woman who filed an anonymous lawsuit back in 2012 claiming he raped her after partying at a Hollywood lot nightclub together. Um, the woman filed a report with LAPD. Then they conducted a rape investigation. Um, but apparently the L.A. County D.A. refused to file charges due to lack of evidence. Um, later, she filed this lawsuit, um, but now the woman who is referring to herself as Jane Doe <laughs> um, asked the courts to dismiss the case entirely. So what we're trying to find out is, um, well, first, is the judge officially going to sign off to dismiss the charges? Um, number two, did he pay her off? And was there a settlement reached outside of court? Which, of yeah, course, civil. his attorney will not comment on. So it's a good day for him, but not so much for the other guys on the list. Good stuff. Well, that's story number two. I definitely remember Devin Ebanks as he played for West West Virginia and the Mountaineers. Um, so we got we got to Devin Ebanks and his somehow mysteriously his his sexual assault case being just dismissed, thrown away by Jane Doe.
Yeah, story three. Story number three. It was a bad day for fans at the Mayweather Maidana fight. Um, hundreds of fans were whipped into a frenzy after the fight um, last night, and apparently things got so out of hand, one guy ended up in the hospital. Wow, I didn't um, hear this. Moments after, uh, Money Money Mayweather scored his unanimous decision. Um, two fights broke out in the lobby, call it, causing scores of fans to run back inside the arena to avoid the fight. One man uh, was taken away on a stretcher, but the hotel officials say um, he wasn't fighting. He just got stampeded when the people started running. So um, there was actually apparently a similar reported incidents that went down after the Mayweather fight back in May. Um, but it was worse because 24 people were hospitalized in that situation. So hopefully this guy, who sounds like he was an innocent bystander, is okay. He just got trampled by everyone trying to run away from the fight. I'm not sure, like, why Why are people fighting after a professional fight? Maybe it's my Just gets a hostile environment, people drinking. You got an Argentini fan base there against an American fan base. Maybe they, you know, drunk yelling at each other. I don't. I don't know. Possibly. I don't think Marcos Maidana won two or three more than two or three rounds. So mm-hmm. I think it was a very warranted unanimous decision victory for Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, but wow, that's too bad to hear that there was a uh, a riot. I mean, sounds basically like a miniature riot broke out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, story number four. Story number four. Bad, bad week for the NFL. Um, the Montgomery County DA's office um, stated that Adrian Peterson, his decision to whip his child with a tree branch, exceeded what they call reasonable discipline, and that is why he's been indicted for a felony child abuse case. Um, the DA says the parents are allowed to use discipline, presumably some physical force, but it has to be in line with reasonable community standards. Um, the DA reports that a grand jury had previously rejected the case. Um, the grand jury indicted Peterson on Friday, and that's the only the only court that's ever going to hear this case. So he's going straight before a grand jury. So the DA says that um, the the grand jury heard the case for several weeks before making its decision to indict him. So this apparently has been going on for a while. We just had not heard about it. Um, the stakes are really high for Peterson because if he's convicted of the felony, he could serve up to two years in jail. Jeez. And, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in this weird place with these guys, these NFL players right now. Like, I mean, he apparently used a switch, which by all means, I grew up getting, if I got in trouble, that was the threat. My grandma would say, don't make me get a switch. So, I mean, for some, in some cultures, that's a norm. My question is, who reported that? Yeah. Was it the child's mother? Did you see the, pic- the pictures of it? Yeah. 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 So it was a bad beating. In my opinion, I, I didn't experience that as a child. Um, it, it's a controversial thing. Everybody has a very strong opinion on stuff like this. If someone experienced it when they were young, they have different feelings about it. Um, that's a good question. Who reported it? We know Adrian Peterson, uh, within the past year, almost a year ago, October 11, 2013, he had a two-year-old son die. Mm. Um, he, he was being abused, not by Adrian, but by the, the boyfriend of the mother of Adrian's child. So 
Who who turned them in for this? Who wanted Adrian Peterson to get in trouble is a good question. Right. Four-year-old son. I've got a five-year-old son. I've spanked him when I saw him hurt his sister. Um, I can't relate to just wanting to hurt and to leave marks on someone like that. I mean, I hate to say it, but I will. It makes me think Adrian P- much less of Adrian Peterson as a man. When you hurt a four-year-old kid and you leave marks on him like that, that's just my opinion. I don't know. It's a domestic issue, and historically throughout the course of humanity in our country, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a very, this is a real lightning rod for people to have opinions on. You have half of, I, I almost feel you have half the country who, who is anti really any type of physical punishment at all, and then you have another half who thinks, yeah, if you do it right, then it's acceptable. Right. So it's, it's a controversial lightning rod topic. No question about it. It is. It is. Um, and on to what seemed to be the story of the friggin' month. Story number five. Story number five. Um, the Ray Rice situation. So we know that ultimately this week the the video in its entirety was released. Remember back in February when this first happened, we got to see the end of the video where he was dragging her out of the elevator. So the entire video is now in circulation of the general population and kind of shows the power of social media because then he's supposed to be, you know, heading back into his Ravens uniform. And what do people do but go to Twitter and Facebook and say this is is an abomination, this is crazy, I can't believe it. How does the one, one tweet that I saw actually that showed me how upset people were was how does... Um. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Michael Vick get two years for fighting dogs, and this guy punches his wife in the face and gets two games. So this is happening. Ray Rice is released. The country's reacting. His wife Janae posted on Instagram. You guys have ruined our life, You're making us relive this moment over and over again. Um, a small circle of celebrities have come out in his defense, um, or maybe not his defense, but saying that he should be forgiven. Um, the comedian Monique came on um, a show talking about it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg made a strong statement talking about um, abuse and, you know, a woman hitting a man, then he deserves it. He can hit her back. Max <laughs> Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith. It's, People have it's- made a lot of comments, and I think this has been a really... I would say interesting, but heartbreaking at the same time. It's something that it's happened, really, unfortunately, it's happened throughout humanity forever. Yeah. You have guys like James Brown, Jason Kidd, I think Robert Parrish, even, uh, you know, Tommy Lee, uh, Charlie Sheen has history of that, Sean Penn does. There's all sorts of examples of people who've beat their spouse. And we don't know the exact extent of if they punched him in the face and knocked him out or what it was. What we do know is we don't have videos of that happening. Videos, yeah. And I think that's the damning evidence. And that it's just, changes everything. Uh, that changes everything. That changes public opinion. That changes not only public opinion. That seems to just change. It changes everything. I think because talking about it is bad enough. But actually seeing it is a whole different ballgame. Um, but apparently they, uh, Ray Rice and his wife Janae, um, made their first public appearance um, since all of this has hit the fan. Um, apparently they went to a high school football game with their daughter on actually yesterday. 
like laughing and smiling as if they had no care in the world. Um, it was um, at the New Rochelle High School in New York where Ray played ball back uh, when he was in high school. And the the coach, had he expressed support for Ray and said he will always be a part of their family. Um, Ray did not speak to the media while he was there, nor did his wife, um, and they left before the game ended. But um, it seems like, I don't know, there's so many question marks. There is, and, and I think in humanity and our, our culture, the fact that a uh, domestic assault case between a man and a woman that's behind closed doors, if we don't see it, it's almost like, eh, we don't really care. Yeah, Do whatever you want like behind closed doors. It's their business. Who are we to speculate what happened? Like even all if we, that even, stuff, but even if we know that it happened and there was charges levied, like has happened to Charlie Sheen or or James Brown or all these people that we love, mm-hmm. um, if we don't have to actually have it in our face, then it's not quite as big of a deal, and we can forget about it pretty quickly. Jason Kidd is doing fine. Mm-hmm. The other part of this story that I didn't mention was that um, they were both clearly intoxicated. During the incident, and I wondered why no one was talking about that. That's an interesting perspective um, or interesting point. But he did, and Ray Rice had he actually mentioned recently, like in the last couple of days, that he was under the influence of hard liquor, and that since then he's been staying away from that. Um, under just uh, staying away from just hard liquor, you think? That's what he's. That's what his statement alluded to. I'm laying off the liquor. I'm just. I'm just going with the wine and the and the beer. Yeah. So you know, it makes you wonder. Like, obviously, there's no, there's still no excuse for what happened. But um, that and lot there, there could be the problem. He should be in AA meetings. Exactly. If that's the case, if that's the case, he really needs to. He may need to stop drinking altogether. I'm not one to stand on a pedestal and say someone has a problem, things like that. But if you punched your fiance in the face like that and knocked her out, so and my thought is alcohol had anything to do with it. You need to sober up, and you should probably just never drink again, ever. And uh, my thought is, um, she could have died. Like, uh, I don't know if you paid attention to uh, Kelly, the part in the video where. He, after he punched her, her head hit the railing on the side of the elevator. So, so if this was a completely different, you know, had that gone differently, and when she hit her head on the, on the railing, this would be a murder case. Yeah, no question about it. And, and it's not far from that. Um, I want to encourage our listeners, 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Out of the five Ashley's Loco Cinco of this week, I hate to even vote for one of them. They're all pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I'll vote for the one that includes <laughs> Nate Diaz trying to throw up because yeah, that's funny. That's, that that's funny. humorous. I'm not voting for domestic assault or beating your kids or anything like that. Yeah, We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Kevin on the line with us. He wants to chime in once again about the, the topic of the day, which is Will Gardner's not very good. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing all right. I got to say, how are you? me a little bit today. <laughs> what do you What do you think of Will right. uh, Will Gardner? Uh, what I think of Will, it's, it's kind of hard to really. I, I'm not going to be lying. I'm not say I was too um, thrilled with him yesterday because you know I think he could have played a lot better. But it is what it is with the guy, and um, you know, like y'all was talking about earlier. 
that's one reason why Petrino is getting all these quarterbacks in because evidently Petrino is seeing something in the guy that he has that that he's not really comfortable with. And uh, and Will, you know, in his in his defense, the guy's never really played, and he's learning Petrino's offense, which is a bit complicated. And uh, I mean, he looked good the first game, and then it seems like he's kind of regressed the last couple of games. So I don't, you know, I don't know if if he's really any good or not. If you were, if you, I'm sorry, Ashley, uh, I I'm having trouble hearing you there. Is your is your mic plugged? It may have been unplugged when you guys just moved around a little bit. Is, it, is everything? Let's see here. So Kevin, what Hello. is is that the number oh. one issue? Okay, Ashley, right. you're back. There okay. you are. Okay, Kevin, if you were, I did that on purpose. Yeah, he did that on purpose because we're talking about. <laughs> About Louisville football, the the Cards Nation hater has entered the building. I am not a Cards Nation <laughs> hater by any means. I want Louisville to win yesterday. I mean, I you know they're not they're not playing Kentucky. Kevin, if you're Bobby Petrino right now today, and you know, given all the stuff you just said about Will, like he has really gotten to play and those types of things, Will's what a junior? He's a sophomore. sophomore. Red Redshirt sophomore. sophomore. Redshirt sophomore. Yes, yeah, third year playing for the Cards on the Cards roster. His last year starting. Do yeah. You, yeah, well, last that might be his last game starting. I don't know. Reggie wasn't that much better. I mean, well, he's a freshman, so he has time to get ready. He has time to get better. And so, he adds a dimension with his. Can legs. I finish my question? You can, you can finish. Please do. Jeez, Kevin, these guys are killing me. So, if you're if you're Bobby, do you go with the guy that you started the season with as your quarterback and hope and pray to God he gets better um, and kind of settles, you know? I don't know, settle down a bit and stop turning the ball over and becomes the leader that you hoped he'd be? Or do you do you say, forget it, and we're going to build on the future of the program and get our freshmen some reps because he clearly has the athleticism and uh, a couple other intangibles that Will Gardner can only dream of? Like, what do you do in that situation if you're Bobby Petrino? Well... <clears throat> Bobby's going to be in the kind of a dilemma anyway with these two guys this year because of this type of competition that they're going to be facing week in, week out. And I, and I personally think that Bobby, in his mind, wants to play uh, Bonifon because he knows that he's going to need Bonifon toward the end of the year, but probably sooner. Just based on, but I think that what he has with both of these guys, he has one, one strange you know, the one strength has one better strength than the other strength. Like, Bonifan is more mobile, but I don't think that Bonifan is um, as smart as Will about reading, reading defenses and things. And, um, and as far as accuracy is concerned, I really don't know which one of two is better with the more accuracy. Here's my, here's my thing about the whole deal. This is, to be mirroring a whole lot of Kentucky situation last year. Neil Brown is seen as being an offensive genius, and so is Bobby Petrino. But if you don't have the quarterback that can get it done, there's only a limited amount of things you can do. Now, Louisville has more weapons around that quarterback than what Kentucky had last year. They got better receivers. They got a better running back core than Kentucky had last year. But really, is Will Gardner, Max Smith, and Reggie Bonifons, Jalen Whitlow, and they're just holding ground until they get the guy in there they really want to play? Well, I think one of them is ultimately going to transfer, and it's going to oh, be. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who do you want to see go? Will Gardner or Reggie Bonifant? Frank. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, sorry, Kevin, I'm, that's for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. No problem. All 
get off in a second there, but I personally, I think Bobby wants to go with Will, personally. That's who he's hoping can draft his offense. Yeah, I... It- no question about it. Historically, redshirt sophomores who are six foot five and known for having a strong arm and being a good presence uh, in the pocket, being a traditional passer. Historically, you want to go with that guy ahead of the the true freshman quarterback who played wide receiver for the most part in high school. So, no question about it. By default, by default, Bobby seems to want to go with. Will Gardner, and, but his hand may be forced earlier than than he was planning on. And that that's the same situation, you know. Kentucky was in last year. I think they would have rather had Max Smith on the field than Jalen Willow. But neither. But again, that's their band aid situations. You know, I think we're seeing that. Uh, obviously, Bobby Petrino can coach offense. Obviously, Neil Brown can coach offense. But if they don't have the guy leading the offense they need, it's it can't be as effective as it it really can be. And I think we're seeing that really if we look at the kid down at Western this year. Dotry? Yeah. He's having a much better season in his second year of the same system. Same system. Basically the same system with Jeff Brown. Sure. Then he did grasping that first year system. And it just takes time for those guys. It does. It, it certainly takes time, and Bobby knows that. He knows the value of, of Will Gardner having been on the team for now his third season. In the future, I think there's no question about it. Reggie Bonifon is a better option. He's 6'3", 6'4". He can run. He has a cannon for an arm. He seems to be the best option long term. We're going to head to a break. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by our man Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. you can feel. I die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. But please don't cry. Just know that I have made these songs feel. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my star-studded lineup of Ashley Miller, Mike Gandolfo, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450WXVW. We got through the dog days of summer. We made it past the days where all we could talk about is how much the Reds suck, and we're in the heart of college football and NFL season, and we had the Floyd Mayweather fight last night. We got all sorts of fun domestic assault charges across the NFL to Don't talk about. Fun, it's not fun. Not fun at all. Complete sarcasm there, but plenty to talk about this morning. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. Very interactive show thus far. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning, Ashley and Kelly. How are you both doing? Man, he left me out. We got Mike. Thought, we got Mike here too, Brian. You know, I thought we were buddies, and it's all right. You know, that's 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 fine. Hey, I wanted to comment. I'm <laughs> as disappointed as everyone else, uh, at least the Louisville fans, about the big loss yesterday. And 
on the quarterback controversy. One thing I want to point out, from all reports that I had read uh, during spring fall, and uh, we've got a quarterback named Tyler Ferguson, the Penn State transfer, who played the best and probably would be starting right now uh, if he was eligible with on. Uh, and, and Bobby, I don't think, is happy with either one of them. That's why he continues to bring quarterbacks in. I mean, he just signed a four-star uh, for next year. Uh, so I, Bobby has not found his quarterback of the future with either one of these two guys. I totally agree with him. I mean, I, you know, as a Kentucky fan, I'm watching the game, Louisville game yesterday, and I'm kind of just I, – I, it just, to me, mirrored a lot of what Kentucky went through last year. Where you know you believe in what their offensive system is, and you believe in what they what it could be, but they just don't have the guys they need to to run the offensive system they really want to run. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's same. Uh, it's really uh, the, the fact that Gardner took place on the last possession was a horrible sack and uh, showed that he just doesn't seem quick enough to get out of the way. But uh, I but think I his decision making. Yeah, decision-making was poor, but Patel did look very good last night. I was very impressed with his, uh, threw a couple balls there that could have been picked, but overall, very good quarterback play out of Kentucky. Now, last night, we we did, you know, everybody was on the road yesterday, right? And so in my neighborhood, we have a Georgia fan, we have, you know, obviously we're Kentucky fans, we have a couple loyal fans, and we've got a, a Texas fan. And so everybody, so we, we said, you know what, you do, it was a perfect night last night. We don't have to have a home game to tailgate, so we just tailgated. Brought, brought three big screens outside in the, in the driveway, set up and watched you know, the end of the Georgia South Carolina game, the Texas game, the Notre Dame game, and the Kentucky game, and it was it was awesome. But I, I posed the question to the loyal fans: Who would you rather have as a quarterback right now, Patrick Tolles or Will Gardner? Ah, uh, man, I tell you that's a tough one. I I, I guess I keep rotating them like they're doing now. Gardner has flashes. No, 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 no. Between uh, the two, between Kentucky and Louisville's quarterback, between yeah. Tolles or Gardner, who would you rather have as your quarterback? Patrick Tolles or Will Gardner? Not Will Gardner and Reggie oh, Bonifon. Tolles, 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 definitely. I mean, yeah. is it any I, question? I agree. Tolles 100%. He can move within the pocket, and he's got an arm. Tolles is a, a good college quarterback. I mean, that was against right, last night against a top SEC defense. It was not like they were playing um, a Mac school, and he finally showed his arm strength, which they kind of have not unveiled the first two games. I mean, they they were pounding the run the last two games, and then he went out and threw the ball the way he did yesterday. Had three picks. One of them was definitely not his fault because it hit Timmons in both hands, and uh, I, another one could have been questionable. And one he was taking a chance. So, I you know I. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, if if I was watching that game as a Louisville fan last night, the, after the loss to a team, you know, Louisville basically lost to the Kentucky of the ACC. True? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were the worst team in the ACC last year. And they're, and they're better this year. But Kentucky's better this year as well. And they hadn't won a conference yeah. game in 672 days or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden... No, no, Kentucky looks much better. M- much better all the way around. Defense, you can tell the athletes that have uh, coming in are uh, significantly better. Uh, you know, they, they had every opportunity to win that game last night on the road. Uh, we don't know how good Florida is, but they are Florida, and it was a home game. But certainly, 
as good, if not much better than Virginia. So uh, a lot of reason for optimism uh, for the UK fans. And, uh, is there a yeah, sense I of worry in the Louisville camp? I mean, is, are Louisville fans worried about what could happen in that last game of the year now? I think yeah. Louisville fans are yeah. worried about what's going to happen between now and then. Like, no, I, honestly, I think people care about the Kentucky game. I won't say no one cares about the Kentucky game, but that's so far from people's mind right now. People are worried about what is our offense going to look like, who's our quarterback going to be, because right now Will Gardner is so inconsistent that he can't really be trusted as the general of this team. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? Because between us and Kentucky is FIU, is NC State, is Florida State, is all these other teams that we don't need to get blown out by. So I honestly think that the UK game is the last thing on people's mind right now. I can't. I, I, I disagree furthest from the truth just because. Because you're a UK fan. No. And you want that to be the center of everyone's universe. Not, that's the center of you all's universe because the SEC kicks your ass every year. Well, first off, it doesn't look like the SEC is going to completely kick our ass this year. I think they're going to uh, pick up. They're going to not. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go three and five in conference or anything like that. But they they look like they're going to be more competitive. And that's all that I really want to see. Second off to that point, true. I mean, that is our bowl game. I mean, this year that's our bowl game. But let's just be honest. Let's let's call it what it is. It's not far off from being Louisville's bowl game either, because you're not going to get too excited about going back to the Belk Bowl or the Music City Bowl or the you know. And that's basically where it's going to end up looking like for Louisville. So the Kentucky game for them is huge. And if they lose that game, Louisville's got so much more to lose by losing that game than Kentucky does. Because we're going to start to see, we could start to see that pendulum start to swing the other way. And there, to me, there's a, a big sense of worry of why Louisville fans should worry about that last game. I'm not, I'm, Louisville's better right now, but I'm, when I said a couple weeks ago that that gap is narrowing, you know, it's to me, well, it's I obviously it's that gap's narrowing. I think it's way too, yeah, I think it's way too early to start talking about the Louisville game. I mean, there's so much. That's the last game of the year. Louisville can still, uh, Ducky can both have, uh, go to, uh, salvage their season. Uh, they, they, they're going to have to win some games that, uh, they may not have, uh, had the win going in. But, you know, going into this season, I think a lot of people thought Louisville maybe go eight and four. They still have a shot to do that. Uh, maybe better, but they're going to have to play much better than they did yesterday. But I, I am not, I think, as a Louisville fan, anything about the Kentucky Louisville game right now. Uh, but I will get much closer. But that's a long way away, and uh, way too early to talk about who's salvaging the better season, in my opinion, at that time. Brian, Brian, thank you very much for the call. We look forward to speaking with you next week. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Could be the Fight Hunger Bowl. That would be a good one. The Fight Hunger Bowl would be a... I don't even know. They don't talk about where that is. We actually had Frank, who called in not only last week and gave Mike hell, and he called in in the first hour, gave Mike mentioned Mike's name. I forget the exact context, but he just called in again, and he said, you're crazy to both of us, because I agreed with you, Mike. I said Patrick Tolles, I would take him over Will Gardner right and now. And by the way, every URL fan that was watching the games last night said that they would take Tolles over Gardner or Bonifon. Well, Frank disagrees. He says that... That you went against a, a Florida team that I believe he said went four and eight in the SEC or went four and eight last year. Is that right? Because they had no offense. Okay. Well, he said. Yeah, you saw the score. Florida's not the cream of the crop when it comes to best defenses out there. I'm just. I, hey, don't shoot the messenger, Mike. I'm just 
relaying what my man Frank just called in. Hey, yeah, I love Frank, and I want you know I want him to be as involved as possible. But look, the fact of the matter is, if you listen to College Game Day yesterday or all these other so-called experts, they were talking about Florida having one of the top-tier defenses in the SEC. Doesn't mean what happened last year. They're talking about what they had this year. They also were talking about how that is a very hostile environment um, and one of the most hostile environments in the country. And so, to my point earlier, the environment in Louisville is not going to be as hostile as the environment in Florida. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be exciting. But there's going to be a bigger percentage of Kentucky fans than there was in Florida. And so, and yeah, I'm, I am talking about it because it is our bowl game. You are. And I, and I am telling you right now that to me, the defenses are even. The boat defenses look really good, probably a lot better than what people expected. Louisville's defense, I think, looks phenomenal. They do. And I think Kentucky's defense last night really showed a sense, you know, especially if they develop more depth. The Kentucky's got the edge on quarterback. I'll, I'll go with the running backs are at least even, and Louisville's got the edge on receivers, and Kentucky's got the edge on the offensive line. But, Mike, you got to admit, Louisville's got to be worried. This Not only do they have to be worried that they might go to Miami on the, on the road and lose to Florida International next week, I'm not even saying that Louisville's definitely going to win that, unfortunately. But they got to play uh, Florida State, the defending national champions. they got to play your Notre Dame fighting Irish. All that before Kentucky. So there's a lot to, to look forward to about trying to salvage this season, because that's what we're in. We're almost in panic mode as Cards fans. We want to come out and maybe just have two or three losses and and have this be a great, still has the potential to be a great first season for this Bobby Petrino-led Louisville Cardinals. There's a lot before the Kentucky game. Well, I don't disagree with that either. I mean, Kentucky's got this game now with Vandy leaning, and if Kentucky somehow drops that game against Vandy, that's a huge step back now after how bad Vandy's looked to open up the season. I mean, they had a sneak out of win yesterday against UMass. Hey, I didn't even know UMass had a football team. <laughs> and so, I mean, it could all it could all for Kentucky go the other way real fast if they don't come out and keep this momentum going. Because let's face it, they're a young team, and sometimes young teams aren't mature enough to take care of the business when they really need to take care of business. It's real easy to get up for going to Florida in the swamp, and you got the whole JoJo Kemp situation going on, and so everyone's kind of backing their teammate, and and they played great, but. They can't play the way they even did against Ohio against Vandy. Yeah, what we're seeing with Kentucky and just watching the game and looking at the names on the back of the jerseys is we're seeing some of this Mark Stoops and even some of the Joker Phillips recruiting success, the high-rated classes that they had. We're seeing Elam on the field. We're seeing the giant that is, what is it, uh, Matt Elam. We're seeing Jason Hatcher out there. We're seeing Boom Williams. Man, Boom Williams is run yesterday. Some of these very <sighs> highly rated guys are finally coming to fruition and panning out for this Kentucky Wildcats team. I was so excited to see the Boom Williams run in overtime. That was just, I, I didn't even look up and I said, oh my God, what the hell, he just scored? He was on our show last year. And I just, uh, for him to come on and, you know, you know, I remember those guys. that actually. And it was, uh, you know, but let's, let's, listen. I interviewed Patrick Tolles years ago, and I was telling everybody I was with last night, he's a nice kid. I remember interviewing him. So I'm the same way. Ford International lost to Bethune-Cookman. Okay, it's not, this, is, this is not a team that you all really should even have any concerns about. If, you're, if, if Ford International's well, we close. I do. If Syracuse is close, if Ford International's close, then there's a lot bigger issues at hand. Ashley, are you well, worried about Florida International at all? I'm worried about everybody on the schedule from here on out because I wasn't worried about Virginia, and we see what happened. So um, I feel like, I guess, being me personally <clears throat> as an athlete, I try 
even as a fan or even as she takes it one patch at a time yeah absolutely it's one at a time because when you start looking forward then you start messing stuff up like unconsciously you just you're not focused and you end up messing up and stuff that is normally would come second nature to you so um I honestly think you have to just go one week at a time and see what happens. And really, I feel like really we're just going to have to look for improvement if um, from Will Gardner. And if he, if Petrino decides to go with um, the, the, the true freshman, then we're going to have to be patient and go- watch him develop. If so he's going to go with Reggie, right now is the time to do it. He has to switch now. If he's going to do it, he has to do it now. Because if, if I was him, I'd switch now. You got to afford an international team that you should beat. You got a Wake Forest team that's just Wake Forest and Syracuse are probably the two worst teams in the ACC. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Mm, Well, I probably would have put Virginia down there before this because they haven't won a freaking conference game in almost two years. True, but most people were returning plenty of experience on defense and things like that. There was a lot of people whispering that this game could be a trap game for Louisville before the season started. Bobby himself came out in the middle of the offseason and said, We're really circling that. Virginia game, and we're preparing for it. He was preparing for that months ago. Because to me, the big difference for Louisville is that this is their first time being in a conference that has real road game destinations. Oh, it's a this is a whole new day for the Louisville football program. You're right. I mean, going to Syracuse is not... We've gone to Syracuse You've before. You've gone to Syracuse before, but it's, it's not a real college environment like a lot of the true ACC so schools are. We can still screw that up. Yes. They have before. You're, yeah. And you're right. Now, and Pittsburgh's probably the closest thing that Louisville's had. To that recently, West Virginia though that was a long time ago. Um, but w- w- when you look at it, if you're going to switch, you switch to Reggie now because he, the, you know, they got three should be cupcakes that they can get adjusted, not look very strong, still win, and you've got a point to getting ready for that Clemson game. Because I agree with Ashley, the the teams have to take it one game at a time. But we're fans, you know, so we go, we can look ahead and we can look at us as a whole. And if if the Reggie switch is going to happen. Which I think it probably should. You do the three. You got to do it right now. You and have get these to do it now because you've got. It gives him an opportunity to develop in Florida, to develop at Wake Forest, to develop at Syracuse because that Clemson, NC State, Florida State stretch is going to be a brutal one. And then now Boston College upsets USC yesterday. Yep. Yeah. So that those last the last six games in our schedule are going to be brutal. And that's so. a tough place to play. Yeah. I mean that's. If you got to get ready for that, you're exactly right. Actually, that last six game stretch could be is not, and you know, you don't have the two cupcakes in there. I think you thought you had anymore with BC and Kentucky, and then I thought Louisville would go into Notre Dame and win. And now, of course, Notre Dame didn't play very well yesterday, mm-hmm. but they, you know, that's Notre Dame to me looks a whole lot better than what I thought they would look like. Most people are better at home too, yeah, also, yeah, especially in environment. I mean, heck, like. Like the Louisville Cardinals just proved that theory. God. We're, we're 66 points on, at Cardinal Stadium. But. When it comes to the quarterback oh, the quarterback controversy, realistically, I think we can all agree, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but we all agree, at least I feel strongly, that what Bobby's going to do is he is going to continue to play both guys. That's just what he's going to do. And the reason he's going to do that is if he were to put Bonifan in, Let's say he puts Bonifin in and plays him the entire game against FIU, and then we lose. What does he do? He says, oh, he sucks now, so we'll scratch Will Gardner off. And Bonifin, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't but do that. I think you also have to give Reggie a little bit more of a rope. 
I mean, again, both these guys are, you know what, in some ways, Reggie's probably more familiar with the system than Will Gardner is, right? Mm. Well, why do you, why do why you say do that? Because he played with his son at Trinity? At Trinity. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he is that? With, is it Nick Petrino at Trinity? Yeah. And then. Um, he's probably, yeah, I bet he he's known Bobby Petrino. Clo- he's closer to Bobby Petrino, I would guess. I don't know. I would guess that he is than Will Gardner is. And then, but I think we've we made the point. Now, we sat here last week and talked about, is there going to be a quarterback controversy? And said if Reggie plays against Virginia, then the quarterback controversy is going to bloom even more and more. Of course, Bobby comes out last week and gives the dreaded vote of confidence to Will Gardner. It's going to be real interesting to see if he does that again tomorrow. He can't. I don't he's think going, he can. I don't think he can do it. He's going. I don't to, think he can do it in a believable. He's going to have his fingers crossed behind his back. If yeah, I was going to say it can't be in a believable way because I don't think he could say anything right now that would make us believe that he really thinks that Will Gardner is going to lead us to any type of promised land. No, but is an insurance policy so he doesn't throw his buddy Reggie Bonifant under the bus and set him up for failure. I think that he's looking at it from a a very pragmatic perspective and he's saying I don't want to put the entire load on this true freshman's back and if we have a horrible season I don't want to destroy this guy's confidence if we go up in flames and have a bad season he's going to spread out the blame between these two guys that's my opinion and we still got one other thing to to consider you still got Devontae Parker coming back at some point oh yeah of course but I don't think I think if the season is a bust under a true freshman quarterback, people will sit with that a lot better. Even though Will Gardner is, I guess you would basically say, a sophomore, um, and he hasn't because he played behind Teddy, didn't get to see the field very much last year. Like, people would say it's okay, or not okay, but they would be okay with it because they're saying he's building on the future potential of our program. Because this kid with a year of experience looks like a nightmare to a lot of people next year. I'm just saying, my point on this whole thing would be, when you've got a quarterback who makes who's a poor decision-maker, which I think Will Gardner is not a very... His decision-making's been very poor. When he's not a great passer... Can't hold on to the ball. He's fumble-prone. And then you've got this other guy here who... Oh, he's better. ...can develop and yeah. has... And actually can add another dimension to what your offense can do. You've got to go with them. you got to go with Bonifant. I don't think he's going to, but I agree with you. It, 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 it begs the question for me, if we back up to week one, Al Golden and the Miami Hurricanes come to Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. They play against Bobby Petrino and the Louisville Cardinals. Al Golden elects, instead of going with his fifth-year senior, which is probably the safer bet, he goes with the true freshman, Brad Kaya, out of the gate. Yep. Bobby Petrino goes with the more experienced route, and he goes with Will Gardner. Is it a situation where the, the Louisville Cardinals won the battle, but maybe the Hurricanes are going to win the war? They made the better long-term decision? Because they're taking that opposite approach. They're throwing the, the true freshman to the Wolves. They're sticking with Brad Kai as much as they can. Is that what the Cards should have done from day one? If Bobby knew this, if Bobby knew that Bill Gardner was not his option at quarterback, and that he's recruiting all these guys almost frantically to bring in all these quarterbacks to try to fill the void that is the quarterback position for the Cardinals, should Bobby have just went with Bonifant from day one? I don't... My opinion is yes. (laughs) Because when he came in, actually, when I guess the last game, I was like, why is this kid not playing? Because, I, I don't know, I think there's just, it's going to depend on the type of offense that Bobby wants to run long term. Because I think the quarterback 
um, that Bonifan is, the potential that he has, um, and the athleticism that he has to scramble and the strength of his arm is scary for somebody that's been in the program just a few months. So I, I, I have to I have to say build for the future. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Well, and it's also the easy decision to say weeks later, but I'm tending to lead toward Ashley's perspective on this. And we also got to remember that the, the favorite guy on the team is always the quarterback that we don't see. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the backup point guard. And we're not in the we're not in practice. We don't know exactly what they look through as a preparation standpoint and all that kind of stuff. All we see is really a small glimpse of really what's going on. No question about it. We are the weekend sports buzz coming at you every Sunday from ten until noon. We got an all star lineup. Ashley Miller, Mike Gandolfo, and myself, Kelly Patrick. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Going to head to our last break of the show. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Only got a few minutes left in the show, so we're going to keep it tight here. We're going to go to making our picks for not only the NFL games for the week, but actually also, what, Miss America? Miss America is happening tonight. All right. So we got our NFL picks, and we'll save the best for last. Lady, actually, ladies first. Ladies what? first. Ladies first. That's so, the rule we need to go with. We've got... I was telling Kelly earlier um, that Miss Kentucky uh, won the preliminary talent competition this week. And um, I know as a fact that she interviews very well. So um, and I was telling Kelly she has a, a fantastic story. She's diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she um, has overcome a lot of things, which always comes up in interview, which makes people love people even more because then that's a story that the entire organization can move forward. So um, I think she has a very, very strong shot and she is my pick. I think she would be my one of my picks. The second pick is Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Um, who is a ventriloquist. Wow. <laughs> Playing the fiddle in ventriloquist. I'll go ahead and go out on a limb and say I'm voting for for Miss Kentucky, the UK graduate. I'm, I'm C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> Let's go. In this case, we'll go for the former we'll go the for UK the, graduate. Yeah, we'll go for the wildcat tonight. Okay. Well, fair enough. So go Miss Kentucky as she has advanced. When is the Miss, the, 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 uh, Miss America? It's cat. tonight. Nine, nine, o'clock. Um, nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. Okay. ABC. All right, now our NFL picks for the week. We got to roll, right? So we got to yes. do this quick. We do. All right, first game up: Dolphins and Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo is a one-point favorite. Uh, I'm going with Bills at home. I got to go with the home team as well. I'm I was going, going. I'm going Dolphins. All right, so two Bills, one Dolphins. We have uh, Jaguars and Redskins in Washington. Uh, I know the team in Washington. Kelly won't call them the Redskins. No, the very, team in Washington. Very, very offensive. The team in Washington is a four and a half point favorite. 
I'm going with the Native Americans because it's in my blood. <laughs> ah, you know what? I think I'm going to actually go. I'm going to go with the Jaguars here. I like what they looked like last week. I thought they looked pretty good. So they were surprising among many surprises last week. I'm going to go with the Jaguars also. All right, we got the Cowboys and the Titans. Tennessee's terrible, mm. they're, but they're at home, and it's, they are actually a three and a half point favorite. Wow. I've got to take Dallas here. I, gotta, I was going to take Dallas I'm too. Taking, I feel like they got to win something. I'm taking the Cowboys too. Tony Robo in the big rebound week. All right, the Giants are a two and a half point favorite at home over the Cardinals. Wow. Mm, I'm picking the Cardinals. See, I, the only problem is I can't pick this many road teams, but the Giants are awful. i got to go with the NFC West. Let's go Cardinals. I'm going Giants. All right. Redemption. Redemption song. The Teddy Bridgewaters are a three-and-a-half-point dog at home against the New England Patriots. I'm picking the Bridgewaters all day, <laughs> and that is biased. Even with no Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Who are they playing, the Vikings? The Patriots are playing the Vikings. I'm going with the Patriots. Yeah, i got to go with the Patriots as well. I'm being loyal to go, my Go home Teddy. Team. I like that. I like that. Go Teddy. Hopefully we get to see him play. New Orleans Saints are on the road in Cleveland, and they are a six-point. the Saints are a six-point favorite. Saints. 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 All right. We, we only have like 30 seconds left. Okay. Falcons, Bengals. 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 Mm, Falcons. Lions at, at Carolina. Lions. Lions. Carolina. Rams at Tampa Bay. Ah. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa. I'll go Tampa. Tampa. The Seahawks in San Diego. Seahawks. Seahawks. Seattle. Texans at uh, Oakland. Oakland. I'll go the home team. All right. Texans. Uh, I'll go with Oakland. Jets and Packers. 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 Chiefs and Broncos. 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 And the Bears and the 49ers. Wow. 49ers. 49ers. There we go. All right. Be sure to stay tuned next Sunday from 10 till noon for more weekend sports buzz.